Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Art of Decluttering. I am your host, Amy Ravel. I am a decluttering and organising expert based in Melbourne. The Art of Decluttering is Australia-wide and we are in the middle of our ADHD series, which I am absolutely loving. I hope that whether you are an ADHDer, whether you know someone with ADHD or whether you're just interested to learn about neurodiversity, how different brains work, that this series is really helpful for you. And I'm really excited today because I get to talk to Jodie Garth and you're going to learn about a different side of um, ADHD from Jodie because every person that has ADHD comes with a different lens. Good morning. Welcome, Jodes. Hello. This is great to be here. So, Jodie, we've known each other for quite a while. Um, I've also helped you with decluttering in your house. You're a member of our Head, Heart and Home decluttering course. So you're kind of part of the Art of Decluttering family. Can you introduce yourself, kind of give us the, whether it's the three interesting things about you or how you would introduce yourself to a room of um, people? Hit me up. Um, So I live in Melbourne. I'm married with three kids. I am in the early stages of starting my own business um, in supporting mothers and particularly I'd like to mothers with ADHD and I guess be someone who I would have appreciated in my life in the early years of of parenting. Awesome I I did not know you were starting your own business and now I have a million questions about that that I really want to dive into <laughs> yeah. but I'm gonna show some self-restraint. <laughs> that will be another conversation. <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, so the question I start off with in this series is do you have ADHD? Do you work with ADHDers, live with ADHDers, or all of the above? Um, all of the above, except, I mean, the work is kind of, I'm going into that. But I do have quite a few friends who um, have been diagnosed since I was diagnosed. So it's kind of through my sharing with them of my experience. And they've been like, 
hang on, doesn't everyone do these things? And there's been a lot of conversations like that of realising, oh, we're actually, we get along so well because we all have ADHD and that's how we click. And so it's kind of been, yeah, it's been great to have a group of people to kind of journey along in the same stage as this. Um, two of my kids have been diagnosed. They were diagnosed last year um, after I was. So I know a lot of families, the kids get diagnosed first and then the parents realise, oh, hang on. Um, but for for me, it was the other way around. It was the other way around for me too. I was diagnosed first and now both of my kids have been diagnosed. We're trendsetters, Jones. Our kids just want to be like us. <laughs> so tell me, what were the symptoms that led you to seek a diagnosis? Um, you were diagnosed as an adult. So tell me a little bit about that journey, what triggered that for you and what the process was like. Yeah. Um, so it was right at the end of 2020. Actually, like the day, <laughs> December 30, I was like, right at the end of the year, what else can this year bring? <laughs> um, I was talking to um, another kinder mum. So one of, one of my kids was having a play date and I was talking to the other child's mum. And as the conversation progressed, she ended up telling me that she had recently been diagnosed with ADHD. And she said that based on the things that we'd been talking about and what I'd been sharing about my experience as a mother, she said, we're really similar and it could be worth looking into ADHD yourself. And so that afternoon I researched ADHD symptoms in women because that I it was totally not on my radar at all before that conversation and and it, yeah I had I had mixed feelings of wow this could explain so much about my life but at the same time how could I have gone this long with no one ever mentioning this because I was 38 at that time um, so I researched symptoms and then what I found just sounded like life as a mum with kids and you know young kids and being busy and not feeling on top of things and just feeling overwhelmed and I just thought is this legitimate like is this isn't this normal is this actually ADHD or like yeah like doesn't everyone feel like this um and so then the third thing I did that day was listen to the interview that you did with Joanna Bailey um so that had just been released like a month prior to that and that was the night that changed my life. <laughs> um, listening to that interview, I had to keep pausing it because I was crying so much and just having to process what I was hearing because it was the first time ever that I had someone describing the things that I was experiencing and I guess giving a name to what I was experiencing and it just made sense. And validating it. Yes. Um, yeah, just to to know that there's a neurological reason for my behaviour or, yeah, just different things that I've struggled with throughout my life and not really known why or, yeah, just explaining the mix of things of I feel like I'm different to other people but I don't know why and I can't, yeah, I can't explain exactly what's going on. Um, but then at the same time there were, there were some things of, wow, I just thought these things were completely normal, that everyone experienced certain things that I do, you know, like my internal dialogue or, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, interesting the mix of 
doesn't everyone do this or it's the internal dialogue that never stops <laughs> yes so Jody, you had the day the day that you remember that you know there's only a few dates I think in your life that you remember the date of because something changed so significantly it might be the day the kids were born the day you're married the day someone that you love passed away and um, certainly for yourself and I know that I know my ADHD diagnosis <laughs> date. <laughs> yeah. What was the process? Like what was the first thing you did? So you'd kind of had the revelation date of the 30th of December. What was yeah. the, like what were the next steps? I was just going to say, I don't remember. I have ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> I did something followed by something followed by something and then I got but, a diagnosis. <laughs> yes, um, but I do. So I know a key, a few things. I just don't know the order. But um, mm. I already had an appointment uh, booked for January with a psychologist, um, just about some other stuff. But I thought, oh, that's good. I've already got that booked in. I can talk to her about whether she thinks I have ADHD. Um, mm. And, yeah, so, so between, so I guess it was, maybe three or four weeks. Um, so in that time I started to read some other articles about it online and um, there was a book that Joanna mentioned in the podcast um, by Sari Solden um, about ADHD in women. And so I got the audio book of that and just worked my way through. It's, it's pretty chunky. It's 12 hours if you listen at speed yeah so I, I've listened but that was amazing because she covers so many different areas and it helped me to look back on my childhood and my teenage years and identify my ADHD symptoms and um, yeah just mm. see how it's kind of played out in the different stages of my life um, so then yeah so going going to high school I could see some symptoms but they weren't that problematic but then going to uni, it was like a whole new set of challenges. And then having kids, like each of my kids has kind of <laughs> accumulated the, the challenges mm -hmm. that I've had. And so listening to this book really helped me to identify the main things that I, I could see in myself that matched up with what I'd been reading about ADHD. And so then when I had the psychologist appointment, I felt like I was more equipped to explain why I thought I have it. Um, yeah, rather than going in with a lot of questions, you kind of had a framework almost, didn't you? Yeah, and it felt a bit more legitimate rather than I'm just kind of making up this excuse <laughs> for my behaviour. Or um, tell me about that, Jody. Like, that's not the you're not the first person that has felt that as an ADHD. -er, because <laughs> the person here in my body has also felt that. What's yeah? Tell me. Yeah, I felt. I felt pretty uncomfortable because even though I was learning so much about ADHD and it made sense and I felt like I got to a point of going, I'd be more surprised to find out that I don't have it than finding out mm -hmm. that I do. But at the same time that, yeah, there was that feeling of, well, no one has ever talked to me about this. No one's ever identified this in me. So maybe it's not true. And I am just trying to find a reason for, you know, I, I guess a lot of the labels that I collected along the way, like either from other mm -hmm. people or in myself and having them replayed over and over in my mind, you know, things like being lazy or being disorganised and messy, um, 
you know, feeling incompetent in a lot of areas because I just felt like there's so many like basic daily living tasks Mm. that I just could never get on top of no matter how hard I tried. And so, you know, I've had, I've had this dialogue going on in my mind for so many years that to then have this explanation. Yeah. It was like, it's either an explanation that, you know, now I can make sense of what's going on or is this just a cop out to kind of, (laughs) you know, excuse what I was doing. Like, you know, it's, it's still a personality issue or, yeah, am I just flawed and I'm trying to blame it on something? Yeah. Because how like, can oh, I, I be can... in my late 30s and no one's ever said this before? <laughs> yes. Um, but, I mean, since since being diagnosed and reading so much about ADHD and listening to interviews and all of, yeah, just learning so much more, I now can understand why no one mentioned it because, um, yeah, I, I read a stat that, Girls weren't even included in ADHD studies until like mid nineties. Wow! So I was already like almost finished high school by the time people were even yeah. doing studies. So it's like, of course, my teachers didn't match up that you know me handing in work late all the time or not being able to manage my belongings, that sort of thing. Like they had, they had to have another explanation for it other than ADHD. And you know, I guess same with my family. Like they didn't. They didn't know about it to be able to pick it up in me. Mm. Yeah, it just wasn't on the radar, was it? Yeah, and and also um, I have the inattentive presentation. So my symptoms are easy to pass off as other things because I don't fit the stereotype, you know, young boy who's noisy and lots of movement and lots mm-hmm. of activity. Instead, it's... <laughs> my brain doing that and my body is still and quiet and people think that you know good little Jody just kind of fitting in even though there's so much going on in my brain brain. yeah yeah Yeah, I'm actually zoning out and that's why I'm still in quiet because I'm just thinking about a million other things rather than what's actually in front of me but externally the conversations in your mind not the conversations but the the streams of consciousness because often for us ADHDs there's not just like one stream of consciousness there's like six or seven at once (laughs) and often in fact usually they're more interesting than what's happening around us (laughs) because we're creative and we're coming up with like either sometimes like totally catastrophizing something and coming up with like well (laughs) in this situation what would I do if and then you just like go down a rabbit hole but sometimes you're just creative in your mind and that's more interesting than a kid telling you about their day at school (laughs) Yes. Do you relate? <laughs> <laughs> yes. It, it, it's interesting seeing uh, my family members. So so my two children have been diagnosed. My five-year-old son, he is the, typic, the stereotype I just described. Like he is very um, impulsive, hyperactive. And my 10-year-old daughter, um, she's been diagnosed with inattentive, but I reckon she has combined because like, she – talks a lot so she processes a lot verbally mm-hmm. and so it's really hard for me because I find it hard to concentrate on one thing like one conversation for a long time so I'm like I really want to listen to what you're saying but my brain just needs a break to kind of take a breather and then I can keep listening to you yeah. so yeah it's just interesting dy- dynamics as we each understand ourselves and understand each other I feel like um, we're getting better 
or I feel like I'm I'm getting better at expressing my needs and mm-hmm. how how that relates to my kids, and then from that teaching my kids how to identify that in themselves, like what do they need to kind of care for themselves, and you know what what does your brain need in this moment? Like, do you need to remove yourself from a certain situation to get some space, or do you need to talk things out to um, yeah process? So. Yeah, when that works well, it's great. But then there's times where there's a lot of clashes of, yeah. oh, we're so different and it can be really hard. We've got um, both of my kids have combined type and so do I, but one is a verbal processor and one is like over-the-top impulsive. And so what I've found is my verbal processor, I really struggle to be in conversations for a long time without, oh, like without, Um, co-activity that's happening at the same time so one of the things that we've just started doing is we're playing chess and so I am able to concentrate on a chess game and listen to him but the beauty is that when he's making his move he stops for a moment from the 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 constant talk and so there's actually like it's fulfilling my need because I'll often have a fidget toy in one hand and I'm playing chess with him and he's taking breaks from this stream of verbal processing and we're connecting and both of us are having our needs met by stimulating us in different ways. And it's really tricky to find that. Like it's hard to find that when you've got different needs but you also recognise the needs of the people that you live with. Yeah, yeah. It's a tricky yeah, one. Yeah, that, that reminds me of um, an activity with with my five-year-old recently. He um. So I used to do diamond painting. It's a craft that's like these tiny beads that you kind of stick on, like a pixelated oh, it's picture. The, it's kind of like cross stitch, but with. Oh. Sorry. I hyper I hyper focused on it, Jody, for about eight weeks last year, and I was yep. doing diamond art for like six hours a day. <laughs> I just hyper focused, went down a rabbit hole, and then I've never done one since. Sorry, that's just me. <laughs> interrupting yes, with a story. Yes, you know, you know what it is. Your story of <laughs> I will show some impulse control and let you finish your story. Um, yeah, so he, he found some of uh, my old pictures because, again, like I hadn't done it for years. So, I had, yeah, I had, I had a stage of getting totally into it and then kind of lost interest or found other crafts and arty stuff to do. But anyway, he, he wanted to do this and so... We sat at the kitchen table and I showed him how to do it and I thought, oh, he might just want to do one little section and he'll get bored and move on. That's fine. Mm. But he sat there for, I don't know, it was a couple of hours. We finished this whole picture. What? And he was chatting the whole time. And so usually I would find that so hard. But because I was doing this craft, which I find relaxing and, you know, he was sitting nice and close to me so there was like the, the connection and affection side of it as well. It was so good. It was like, yeah, I think we both just had a really good time doing this activity oh. together and I could listen to what he was saying and not find it as difficult as I would in other situations. That's awesome. And do you know what? Like how good is it that we reflect on it? Like I hadn't really pieced together that the chess game was that opportunity for Jesse to get what he needs and for me to get what I need. And by processing it with you now out loud, <laughs> Ironically, 
we've both gone, oh, actually that thing did fulfill our needs and, yeah, it's so good. Yeah. What I want to do is I want to go to a really quick um, break and then I want to talk about your relationship with organisation, hacks in the house. Uh, One thing I know you're keen to talk to us about is how to make boring tasks more novel. Um, I am so keen to hear some strategies that I can then take away for clients that I work with. So let's go to a quick break and we'll be back in just a second. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay, Jodie, tell me about, let's start off with the hacks that make boring tasks more novel because I think that so many people are going to be like light bulbs going off in their heads because we just need to get creative sometimes as ADHDers on how to make that dopamine (laughs) spike so that we can get a task done. Yes. Um, So a big thing for me is music and that is a common tool, if you call it a tool, um, common thing that a lot of people use because it is so effective. Um, uh, I think just before I got diagnosed, but then definitely since, I've learned a lot more about neurology and the effect of music on the brain and how like music activates like a separate part of your brain mm. to, you know, different to like language or other other. <laughs> what's the word like stimuli um yeah, yeah. and so yeah there, there is actually a neurological reason why music is effective in um yeah helping us to focus or or make boring tasks more interesting um one of the main ways that I use music when I'm doing tasks around the house is I've created a playlist that I call my five minute playlist so every mm-hmm. track on it is five minutes, give or take, like I think 10, 10, 15 seconds is like my buffer either side. Um, And so I use that list in a couple of ways. So if I have a task that is kind of open-ended, 
it's going to take a long time. I'm not going to finish it in one sitting. I will decide do I just want to do five minutes or ten minutes. So I, I base it on number of songs rather than using a oh. clock. And so I might say I'm going to do I'm going to declutter my garage for two songs so I know that's ten minutes and after that I can decide if I want to keep going or move on but I know that I've got that time limit. And so instead of looking at a clock and wondering how much time I've got left and either having a clock ticking, which I find really annoying, or, mm-hmm. yeah, getting distracted to look at the time, I can listen to the song and know when it's getting towards the end and when my time is going to be up. And so that's been really helpful. And then kind of another way is to use it as a race. So let's see if I can empty the dishwasher within two songs. And so then oh. put the playlist on and then I can race it. And, again, I know when the time is nearly up by listening to it so I know to <laughs> get a move on if I'm, you know, if my time's nearly up or go, oh, wow, I'm, I'm actually. So, yeah, that's been super helpful. And I've got, like, a whole range of genres of music. So that adds another interesting factor because I just put on random most of the time. And so then whatever song comes up, I know it's going to be. Five minutes. Oh my goodness. That is game changing. Like I <laughs> I'm almost lost the words. <laughs> wow. That is like yeah, I am I, <laughs> I genuinely lost for words because one of the things that I find really hard with the music is that I get into a flow state and then I lose track of time. But by curating a playlist that is five-minute tracks and having different genres so that you actually do rezone in. Like if you're listening to a classical piece that then jumps into a, you know, a female singer that then jumps into a rock band. Yeah, that's right. Like you're actually, you're getting a trigger in your brain of like, oh, something just shifted. I think what I want to do is use that um, for Elijah because he needs music, but he'll often... He, the music he'll, he'll just get lost in it and then he'll just be wandering around the house with earbuds in yeah but by having like intent oh my goodness okay this is brilliant okay keep going I'm I'm just yeah. like mind blown well and that just reminded me of um something I've used previously with the kids and I probably should get it out again but we love the show Bluey so those who don't know it's the Australian uh animated show each episode is seven minutes long so that is also a handy timer mm. if, you, if you want to use that my friend discovered that she can clean a toilet within one blue episode so <laughs> <laughs> i reckon i could eat a block of chocolate in one bluey episode put bluey on run to the pantry scoff a block of chocolate get back before the credits <laughs> i could eat it within the credits <laughs> um so there's a bluey album that I can't remember exactly how long it goes for, but it's like 40-something minutes, I think. So something I used last year was um, putting that on in the morning as our getting ready for school soundtrack. And so then we got to know that by a certain song on the on the album, you need to be ready to <laughs> get out the door or you're going to run out of time. And so, yeah, that's another way that you can use music. Um, yeah, having like a longer mm. album or playlist or something so that you can kind of get to know when it's getting towards the end and when your time is up. And I've also been doing that with um, 
I mentioned my garage before and that's kind of my big decluttering project at the moment is cleaning out my garage and I found that <laughs> I have um, a recording of Vivaldi's Four Seasons which yeah. goes for 42 minutes and because there's some tasks that if I if it requires a lot of decision making so yeah decluttering something like my garage I need to decide on a lot of things I don't mm. want lyrics because that will distract me or just yeah I'm like, I, I need just some instrumental music to do this task and yeah I found kind of the sweet spot of this 42 minute uh piece of music but it's still split up in smaller sections um it's kind of the perfect perfect amount of time that I found for me to get out some boxes start sorting through them and then again know when the time is going to be up and then I can decide if I want to keep going or stop at that point so yeah all that to say music is really effective you can use it in small chunks or bigger chunks but the predictability of it and the familiarity in knowing when the end time is coming is really helpful my um my ADHD brain is going down a rabbit hole Jades so here's what I'm thinking is we need like a Spotify function where you can create a playlist say you've got your bluey playlist but what you can do is you can kind of pick insertions so you can then select at 12 minutes there's like a voice that says hey everybody we should be have we should have started breakfast by now and then it goes back into the music and then at you know 35 minutes it's like teeth should be done uniforms should be on and then it keeps going like I'm just like how cool would it be to have an app that you can kind of pick not just like you've got your regular music but then you've actually got indicators that help make it really clear for everybody in the family yes well this will probably blow your mind as well um, yes. Something else that I, I tried, and again, should probably get it out and test it again with my kids. Um, I made a playlist of getting ready, and I found songs. So the first song is "Wake Me Up Before You Go Go," and then oh it gosh. moves into a couple of songs about getting dressed, and then breakfast at Tiffany's. <gasps> and oh. so I, I tried to predict how long each task will take, and then have the songs that relate to that. Oh my gosh, that is the best. <laughs> Seriously. Oh my gosh. Wowzers. Adults, how much do we need that at times? So one of the things, Jody, I find really hard is estimating how long a task will take. Yes. So um, ever since I was like probably 10, in my head, it takes an hour from when I get up to when I have to leave the house for something regardless of whether I need to wash my hair or not, regardless of whether it's just me or other me and the kids, regardless of whether it's an event that I need to have a nice outfit for and have done makeup for, or whether I'm going for a walk. Like in my mind, it always takes me an hour to get ready, (laughs) which is not true. And when other people say to me, I got up 15 minutes before we walked out the door, I just look at them like, but it takes an hour. (laughs) But by having yeah. it broken up, you're actually like you're breaking the task up and being realistic about it rather than it always takes an hour. Because if you've got six songs about getting dressed, but you find that you're always done by song two, you just get rid of the other four songs. Ugh. Yes. Except that when you've got three kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, you're needing, every day. you're needing a lot of songs. <laughs> 
Or, you know, one day they'll get dressed really quickly and then the next day they will put a shoe on and then mm-hmm. sit in the drawer for the next 20 minutes. <laughs> so. Yes, fair point. <laughs> Wowzers. And are these playlists that you um, just have on your Spotify account that you've, you've curated completely yourself? Yes. Yep. That's incredible. All right, tell me, are there other ways, other incredible Jodie's Brain is Amazing ways that you make boring <laughs> tasks more novel? Um, well, one that I think is pretty funny. Um, I started doing this before I knew anything about ADHD and, and I actually think there's a few things in my life that I've done in the past and found they helped me with getting things done but kind of logical brain will kick in and go that's ridiculous why do you need to do that why don't you just do the task but now Mm. that I understand that my brain needs that extra stimulation or motivation to do something and now I'm like cool I can embrace this rather than try and fight it and so anyway the one that I'm thinking of is um so I love the show Survivor and in the past like I've watched other shows like reality shows like Master Chef or By Kitchen Rules but having the voice of the host commentating in my head when I'm doing something like hanging out the washing as though it's a challenge oh. is really helpful. <laughs> so I have Jeff Probe's voice in my head telling me, <laughs> you know, that's how you do it. As I'm like hanging up, the, <laughs> hang up the washing or whatever. But, and, and it makes me move faster and gets the job done a lot quicker rather because if I don't, allow that in my head mm-hmm. then my mind's just like wandering off anywhere and I have no idea how much time has passed doing this one task yeah. oh Jodie that is so great so is it your voice in your head this is just you know a sidebar is it your voice in your head pretending to be him or could you actually like hear his voice no I hear his voice I, was I think I've, I've watched her. enough of it that I've heard him, heard him commentate enough challenges that I can kind of translate that to. That's really cool. Situation. Yeah. Um, this is, again, another sidebar. Do you have any of the, um, like, aphantasias and um, facial blindness, do you have any of, like, the colour sensitivities or sound sensitivities that come with some of us with ADHD? Yeah, it's interesting learning about all these extra things. Superpowers. <laughs> that happen. Um, so do you want to explain what aphantasia is or do you want me to? Yeah, so um, my eldest has aphantasia, which is no mind's eye. So in his mind, he can't picture anything. So when he's reading a story, he, you know, I might read um, an Enid Blyton folk in the faraway tree and I'm picturing a tree and there's like the slide and the internals and Mrs. Washalot is tipping her dirty water over the side. Like I'm visualizing like almost a, a movie playing out in my head. Whereas aphantasia is you don't have any of that. There's no visual side of it. I've got um, pregnopregnosia, which is facial blindness personally. So that's one that you really have trouble recognizing other faces. So if I see you in public and I don't say hi, it's probably just because I don't recognize you out of context I've bumped into my dad at Coles and thought, gee, that guy looks familiar. <laughs> wow. I look at photos of myself and I'm like, oh, is that my sister? And then that's I a go, hot chick. Like, oh, that's me. Yeah, look at that gorgeous one. Um, I look in a mirror 
and I don't recognize so there's different things and so there's color sensitivities like I know your sister has a color one which um, I'll let you yes I'll let you describe some of them but it's different it's different expressions of our senses maybe I I don't know how to technically describe it so aphantasia is one that I now recognize in myself but when I learned about it so someone sent me um, a YouTube video of someone who described it really well because Mm. it's not all or nothing there's Mm -hmm. kind of a scale and so the way she described it was um, like picturing an apple in your mind and then she was just you know is it like bright and shiny you can see all the details of it and the different blends of the color and all that sort of thing or do you have kind of like a grayish apple in your mind like you can see the shape um or is or can you just not picture anything and it's kind of like this you know this this scale of what you might be be imagining um Mm -hmm. and she was saying that for her a lot of things that she sees in her mind's eye is actually memories rather than creating an image and I realized oh I think that describes me so because when I first heard about this I thought I don't know that's not an issue I can picture things in my mind but then Mm. when I actually tried to concentrate and hold an image and see the details I'm like no it's like really quite a a basic image that I see and it Mm. made made sense to me because I love painting and often I'll have an idea of what I like to paint and I've realised now it's just kind of a memory of seeing something else, like, oh, I really like that combination of colours or the patterns or something and I'd like to recreate that. And then when it comes to actually doing it, I can't bring that image to mind clear enough that I could actually replicate it onto the canvas. And so I've kind of accepted that and now now it actually makes sense that it is easier to (laughs) accept and embrace. But, you know, I got to the point of going, oh, I find that it's more experimental. Like I'll just kind of get paint down basically how I'm trying to create something and kind of see what happens because I can't get it exact. And so now it's just like, oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like whatever appears is, you know, once I'm happy with it, I'll stop painting. But, yeah, it was, it was interesting to realise, okay, there's certain certain styles of painting or something that I won't be able to do because I can't mm-hmm. get a clear enough image. Yeah. Do you dream? Yes, I have weird dreams. Do you dream in colour? Yes. Okay, because Jesse can't dream. Wow. So he has no ability to, he's got like the the end of the scale of I got nothing. (laughs) Yeah. And so he doesn't even have a concept of imagining something or a concept of dreaming or a concept of like meditation. Imagine yourself at the beach and he's like, I don't understand what you're talking about. Yeah. Do you have any others? Uh, not that I know of, but if you want to kind of go off on another <laughs> sort of arm oh, of this always. conversation. <laughs> um, I've been fascinated to learn that a lot of eyesight problems are common in people with ADHD. So my eyes don't work together like most people. <laughs> so, um, so doing those, I don't know if you remember those magic what are they called? Magic eye or 3D pictures. Yeah. And I would get so frustrated. I'd hear other people standing there going, oh, look, there's this elephant flying and there's this circus. And I'm like, no, there's a bunch of squiggly patterns and it doesn't matter what technique I use to try and see this picture. I could not 
mm. ever get it to work. And now I know it's because my eyes work independently. And so I can look at something kind of swap between my eyes of which one I'm looking mostly out of. And there's like a slightly different colour. Cool. Well, it's not. No? <laughs> I, can't, I can't do magic eye pictures. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can't do magic eye. <laughs> but it does also mean that like uh, 3D glasses with the red and the blue just like gives me a migraine because well, like, it's red, it's blue, it's red. Oh, yeah, it's awful. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, so I've always, I mean, I've always had eye problems and had an operation when I was a child because um, one of my eyes was turned in when I was born. So that got straightened, but I still always had issues with that. And then, mm. yeah, I've I've read other lists of other common eyesight problems that have names that I cannot remember, so I can't fully explain <laughs> right now what I'm talking about. Yeah. But um, I go and Google. <laughs> yeah, look up, look up eye problems and ADHD and you'll learn a whole lot. But huh. all of these things I just find so fascinating that our brains are so complex and, you know, control every part of our body, but just how, yeah, I guess changes in one area of your brain then impacts others and mm. it can be a good thing of activating certain parts that are really beneficial and then there's other ways that it just produces more challenges that we have to deal with or... Yeah. Yeah, like a lot of things, once you understand what's going on, it's a lot easier to accept it and to kind of go, well, this is part of my makeup and this is how I function. So let's, Mm. you know, do the best we can with it. Yeah, and I think leading on from that thought is um, there's areas then that create natural weaknesses that can be really frustrating for ADHD is because we can see what needs to be done we conceptually understand how to achieve it and yet we have like what what feels like no ability to get started or to follow it through like it's and that's a really frustrating thing when you're like I know how I'm a smart person this is this should not be difficult I should be able to do this and yet I cannot so There's can be a lot of shame around that for adults and I know lots of women have shame around the I should be able to. Has that been a feature of your ADHD um, acceptance and embracing and processing? Yes. So it's still a journey that I'm on to kind of get to the point of acceptance that I'd like to be at. Mm. Um, But... Yeah, it it is really hard because you've got certain expectations and whether they're realistic or not, it's still kind of, here's the things that society expects of certain people. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the whole area of comparisons of seeing other people are able to do this and they have more kids than me or they're working full time or they're doing these things that seem harder in my situation and yet you know when you said and yet I'm like oh that phrase is like so many things it just seems this contradiction of I know this and yet I can't um Mm -hmm. so yeah comparing comparing myself to other people is something that I'm continuing to work on and go my situation you know my family makeup is different to other people's so of course there's going to be things that are either easier or more challenging for us so there's no point in 
you know, comparing us as a whole to other people yeah. and what they're able to you know, achieve or, and, and, you know, so much of it is just external anyway. Like I just see a snippet of other people's lives. So, you know, you don't even get the full picture that you're basing your judgment on anyway. So even more reason to not do it, but it, it is really hard to undo that sort of thinking. Have you found that there's um, particular, you know, you mentioned that you've got a psychologist. Are there way, are there avenues of asking for help that have been really beneficial um, to kind of take some of that mental load or fill in the gaps where it's a really uphill battle to get something done? Um, <laughs> I'm laughing because I missed most of that question because <laughs> I just got hung up on the fact <laughs> that you mentioned my psychologist and I realised I never finished the story <laughs> from the start of this interview. <laughs> Because the first psychologist that I saw isn't even the one that diagnosed me and the one that I've oh. been seeing for the last two years. So, Oh, that's so funny. Go back and finish that then. This is a perfect ADHD I conversation. Jokes. I know. So people listening, um, yeah, this is what our brains are like, jumping yeah, around. And um, yeah, so do you want, to, you want me to go back? Yeah, I want you to go back. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so that first psychologist that I saw, she um, listened to what I said about ADHD and what I'd been learning and it was great because she didn't dismiss me but she did say this isn't my area of you know expertise I don't actually know a lot about ADHD in women so yeah she said I'd be better off talking to someone else and because I'd listened to the interview that you did with Joanna and knowing that she was a psychologist I was like well she's a good first person to mm-hmm. to say this is my experience so far you know can I start seeing you um, so even though she's in Sydney and I'm in Melbourne, I was like, video calls are an option and, yeah, or if she could recommend someone local to me. So I started seeing Joanna and she's the one who diagnosed me in February 2021 and then I've been seeing her since then. And and you yeah. had to, I think one of, I was, at, so um, we, I'm, I actually didn't know if Joanna was your psychologist or not, but she's my psychologist and she did the episode. So it's just, you know, everyone's connected. But um, one of the, oh, now, see, now I've lost my train of thought because my brain started going to how funny would it be if there's other guests that I speak to that also have Joanna. So (laughs) it's all from that one interview. It was amazing. I know. I know. And that's what I said to her when I interviewed her. I was like, you I have had, I couldn't even number the amount of um, people, including myself, who that interview changed my life. Like it, it blows my mind. Like it is, um, but I've just remembered the train of thought that I was trying to get to a minute ago, <laughs> which was, so you, you've got a psychologist. Are there other um, areas that either you've outsourced or you've got support in or you've, said to the family, this is really tricky, I need help. So tell me about what help, what help looks like for you. Ah, so, um, again, this is something that I'm continuing to work on because I think um, getting diagnosed as an adult, there's so much like emotional and mental baggage that's accumulated over the years and mm. my self-esteem and self-talk and you know, shame is such a, a common theme, particularly for women with ADHD. Um, and so I'm still working through a lot of those inner feelings. Mm-hmm. But 
um, I've been pretty good at thinking of ideas or, or ways that people can help me. And so then the next steps that I've, that I have started to implement is actually approaching people with these ideas and asking for help. Mm. So, um, I found it useful to think about the key areas in my life that that are just continuing to cause problems and angst and like I just can't get on top of this like and accepting I do need external help there's no point in you know continuing to to try and try and try to do things that now I understand like my brain actually can't do and you know for different people that there'll be different areas around the home or you know life admin stuff that you know, are harder for some people than for others. So I think a first step is helpful in recognising in yourself what the key areas are that you need the extra help with. Um, and, yeah, so then I've tried to think of different ways that other people can help and mm-hmm. so breaking down what are the, the specific steps within the task that I'm kind of stumbling on. And, yeah, I, I, I came up with this this list of different areas around the home that people could help with and the different type of tasks and also recognising that other people have different capacity. And so mm. some things, to so say, again, with my garage, I'll just, garage is my theme yep. for today's decluttering. Um, but I've got this massive pile of things that could be used by other people. So Initially, I wanted to sell them, but now I've kind of gone, well, let's at least donate them. But, yeah, I've got got one section of things that just need to get out of my house. Yeah. And then there's other things that are like boxes of completely random, who knows what's in them. We moved house last year, so a lot of stuff just kind of got shoved in boxes and then Uh they got shoved in the garage. So I'm now working through all of that. But there's some people that the way they can help is to just grab a pile of old kids clothes or something and take it off to savers or you know to an op shop mm-hmm. or um you know there's like craft activities like I've had a friend who has taken some because she's got kids younger than me so she can use things that my kids don't use anymore and so for some people it might just be a matter of saying hey are you willing to grab some things from my house and just <laughs> take them get rid of them in whatever way you can um you know and, it, and it's not a huge task for them and it's a huge help for me Whereas other people, um, I feel more comfortable with them coming and actually sorting through a box with me. Yeah. And yeah, and like there's, it's not like everyone in my life, like all my family members and friends and whoever, like I wouldn't let everyone <laughs> see those boxes, but there no. are people that I really trust and I feel comfortable with. And I've talked to them enough about uh, my diagnosis and how my brain works and I can articulate now the exact things that I struggle with or why why I feel like I can't go through this box on my own. And so, um, yeah, having someone come over and go through it with me and help me make the decisions on what to do with it and, mm. um, yeah, just kind of keep me focused by having someone else there. Yeah, that's, I think, that's really helpful. I think, Jodes, that there are friends that are the doing friends. Um, I was catching up with a girlfriend the other day and I was saying how good her houseplants all were and she said, oh, I've been meaning to do some pruning and some repotting and I just keep thinking about it and never get to it. I was like, let's do it now. And she's like, I can't do that. You've come all the way to my house to have lunch with me. I'm not going to make <laughs> you do my gardening. And I was like, no, really, that would make me so happy because I'm 
I want to, like, we can talk while we pot and plant and, you know, propagate and do all the things. And so we spent probably a good hour just pottering around and doing cuttings and replanting and watering and pruning. And she got the task done. I got a dopamine hit because I also like getting tasks done. We still got to connect. And there are some friends that do that. Some friends just need to have face-to-face eye contact. And there are other friends that are really happy to go through a box of random things. And like, it's nice to have those people in your world. Are there other areas that, like, are there outsourcing areas for you or is it mostly about um, providing yourself with the tools that you've talked about so that you can get the, the important things done? Um, there's a lot of areas that I would like to outsource. And, you know, this is kind of a, a mental cycle that I've been stuck in for a long time of um, getting a cleaner or, like, a... I know, virtual assistant or personal assistant, like someone to do mm-hmm. admin stuff. Yep. Um, and especially as I'm setting up my business, like this, there's so many things that I just either don't have a clue about or, um, yeah, I'm, I don't have the skills in and to learn those skills is taking me away from the actual work that I want to do. And um, so there's things like that where it's like just pay someone to do it. And then mm-hmm. you'll be more productive and you'll have more time to do the things that that bring you more joy or, you know, the things that I'm, I'm skilled in, you know, focus on those and leave the other things to other people. But everything costs money. Yeah. And it's this cycle of I feel like I need to get on top of house stuff before I can focus on the business stuff to start earning money. But I struggle so much with the house stuff that it makes more sense to do the business stuff and <laughs> Yeah, just kind of the whole, oh, what do I do first? <laughs> Sorry, what was that? And then you pay someone else to do the house stuff. Yeah, and so I, I think I am just about at the point of going, no, I do need to get a cleanup because mm-hmm. the mental load and the physical energy spent on cleaning the house, like it's not worth it. I really should just pay the money so it just releases so much of my mind and energy that I can then focus on the business and get that going and yeah yeah. and then same with um you know technical and admin stuff Mm -hmm. it's like just get someone else to that's um, right you know help with a website or whatever and do all the behind the scenes stuff so then I can get into the stuff that that I've been dreaming about and wanting to do for so long and just feel all these other barriers in the way. But again, it comes back to the shame and the idea of I should be able to do certain Uh things. Like I should be able to clean my own house and not have to pay someone else to do it. Yeah. I think one of the challenges for um, is is I I often feel it's or I, I don't deserve that help. I should I should just be able to do it myself. And I feel it sometimes with, um, so listeners will know that um, we don't cook, the Ravels don't cook. We have a chef who is my father who we pay to cook for us. And it seems like an opulent thing to do. And I feel, funnily enough, and it might just be an Australian thing, a level of shame in even saying it out loud, which is why I keep saying it because sometimes you have to just get it out in the light to remove the shame but it's not 
a laziness. It's actually a prioritization is that I would prefer between, you know, five and six o'clock at night, I'd prefer to work a longer day doing something that I love, helping people, talking to my team, answering client inquiries, playing on the website, whatever it is, than cooking. And so as the Revell family, we've chosen that a priority for us is to invest in that. Now, we don't have the latest gadgets. We don't have the coolest clothes. We're not driving new cars. But, oh, my goodness, I would you got good sell food. a kidney <laughs> to keep the food coming. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's challenging, isn't it? It's like, well, do I deserve that or should I just suck it up and get on with it? Yeah. yeah. And it's it's interesting, like, when I, you know, stop and reflect it, reflect on it, like, now, going, I have all these issues around paying for a cleaner, even though I know it would benefit us so much, and yet paying for a physio appointment or, you know, to see my mm. psychologist or there's other mm-hmm. things that, yep, just pay like basically the same amount or more and not even think about it. Just go, well, I have to do that. That's helping me. And yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's kind of crazy when I think about it, go, why do I put so much value on some things yeah. and not on others and have all these extra stories and yeah, just <laughs> other, other stuff, other meaning that I add to, you know, things like getting a cleaner in when yes, it just shouldn't even be an issue. Like no, it's something I struggle no, with, so I, let's get the help. You said it really well before as you said that um, being diagnosed as an adult, you've got a lifetime of stories and labels and um, words that have been put on you and habits and, you know, you've got a lifetime of things to kind of unpack and undo. And what I hope that this conversation has been for our listeners is that you can kind of just hear Jodie and I nutting it out. Neither of us are ADHD specialists. Um, We both have ADHD. We have lived with it our entire lives, even though we were diagnosed really late. Um, And I, I just want it to be an encouragement to people and just hearing different perspectives because I think if if we only hear the Amy perspective of ADHD, it's so limiting and we need to hear the Jodie perspective and we need to hear, you know, from other people. So I hope that it has been really helpful. listeners. Jodie, thank you so much for um, being vulnerable and sharing your experience of diagnosis and processing that. And I'm like, I, I, I'm trying to decide if it's too bold to say, can I, share like can you share your five minute playlist (laughs) but offline I would really love to share your five minute playlist (laughs) because I think that would work brilliantly in my house um listeners what an episode I hope that this series is brilliant JD thank you so much uh thank you so much for inviting me here and I've loved chatting with you and as you as you said like it's it's so helpful hearing from different people and that different experiences of ADHD and yeah how it plays out in different people's lives and yeah it's so helpful to bounce ideas off each other and yeah just hear different tactics or things that you can take away and have a go yourself that might work for a week it might work for a month it might not work at all but yeah that's the that's the joy of ADHD hey yeah yeah you've got to keep trying new things because the old ones get boring Listeners, I will speak to you next week and until then, enjoy the freedom. Bye.
I would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people who are the traditional custodians of the land this podcast is recorded on. I would also like to pay respects to their elders, both past and present of the Kulin Nation, and extend that respect to other Indigenous Australians. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love you to rate and review the show on your podcast app. That will help others to find the Art of Decluttering podcast as well. If you'd like any more information, you can visit theartofdecluttering.com.au and I would love to see you in my Facebook group. Just search The Art of Decluttering community on Facebook and join today. I hope that you have an incredible rest of your day and enjoy the freedom. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.